AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Sometimes a slight gain looks like a major advance, and that's kind of how I feel about the one to two cent gains in the corn market today. Soybeans and meal erased early losses while bean oil held on to early gains. Wheat futures mixed. Cattle complex closed well off session highs, but we're still higher at the end of the day. And diesel lean hogs touched 72.50 for a ninth consecutive session. Live from the shadow of Octoflation via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Bill Conrad from Tradus LLC. And directly following the news, Matt Bennett from agmarket.net. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Lorre. All right, Davis. How's it going this afternoon, buddy? You know what? I've got the windows open. You've got the windows open? I did. Mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. take it anymore. Yeah. 60, 66 degrees out there right now. Yeah. I got a few. I got a few open here, too. Just cracked, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 69 degrees here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Fantastic. Beautiful day. Little windy, little breezy out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be able to hear the wind blowing through every mm-hmm. now and then, as a matter of fact. But uh, we're good. We're good. Well, I'm not far from my puffy vest, just wow, in right. case. Well, you know? I, and I'm sure that the sweater's on the back of your chair right now. The sweater is on the newsman right now, a, a, oh. fisherman's, a fisherman's stitch crew neck sweater. That's right. Gotcha. Navy blue gotcha. in extra large. You betcha. Yep. Got it on yep. sale. You know, one of the things, <laughs> got it on sale. I did. One of, the th- one of the things that I just kind of shake my head about uh-huh. on social media are the grammar police Ew. and the re. You know, those mm-hmm. that will rewrite a headline and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But the inflation news that was out this morning, I feel like mm-hmm. I've got to rewrite every headline. Yeah. Because yeah. I see inflation down. Uh, inflation slows. Inflation, yeah. No, it's the inflation rate. There you there go. There is a huge difference between inflation and the inflation rate. Now, yes, the inflation rate has slowed. But it doesn't mean that inflation is gone, people. Mm-hmm. Stuff is still getting more expensive. I don't know why all of a sudden we're t- just, we got the Dow up 560 points right now on ideas that the Fed's never going to have to raise rates again. I just don't, I, I I don't know if I completely understand it or not. We'll try to get some clarity to that as the show goes on today. Okay? That'd be great. Yeah, great. let's do that. Let's get to the news. Chip, the October inflation rate came in at a lower than expected 3.2%. That generated speculation of steady interest rates going forward, which hammered the U.S. dollar index. The dollar dropped about 1,500 points, Chip, with the index down to levels last seen in late August. The dive in the dollar should have helped support commodities, but wheat futures failed to rally with December soft red winter wheat futures opening slightly higher and above the pivotal 580 level before renewed selling dropped front-month SRW to a session-low close. Ukrainian grain exports as of November 6 are down 31.5% from the same period last year. But Ukrainian President Zelensky says, quote, the grain corridor is functioning well. 
December HRW wheat futures were one and three quarters lower, 639 and three quarters. December SRW wheat slipped seven cents to 572. December spring wheat closed at 734 and a half. That's a five and three quarter cents, Chip. Yeah, that grain quarter may be functioning, but it's closed by one third since a year ago. Yeah. Um, we're not getting as much supply out of there as what I think the market has assumed. Well, Chip, December corn futures followed Monday's upside reversal with a slightly lower open and some light pressure in the overnight session. Futures recovered to trade slightly higher into test resistance at 480 before front month corn closed just above the opening range. That should help build some upside momentum in corn yeah. for the second half of the week. USDA this morning announced the sale of 102,000 metric tons of corn to Mexico for delivery in the current marketing year. And ongoing drought conditions in Brazil's northern production areas also limited selling in corn futures. December corn futures a penny higher today, 478 and one quarter. March corn up one and one half to 494 and a quarter. May corn futures closed at 503 and three quarters. That's up one and three quarter cents, Chip. Yeah, the, the reason that I'm impressed by that slight gain is because it is above yesterday's high, and yesterday was a big time upside reversal in December corn. So, it only a penny higher, but it helped to build momentum. Well, hot and dry conditions in Brazil's northern production areas also helped to support soybean prices, but not until late in the session. January beans opened a quarter of a penny higher and then traded lower until mid-morning, with soybean meal futures pulling bean prices downward. January soybeans dropped through support at 13.75 before recovering to close above the opening range and near session highs. Soybean meal futures also erased early losses, while soybean oil held on to early gains. December bean oil gapped slightly higher, slipped to fill the gap, and then rallied to close above resistance at 52.50 for the first time since October 25. January soybean futures seven and one quarter cents higher, 13.89 and three quarters. March beans up seven and a half, 14.02 and a half. May beans 14.12 and a half at the close. That's up seven and a half, Chip. Watch out. If soybean oil engages in the strength that we've seen in meal and beans, we could turn this dollar rally that we've already seen in beans into something more. Well, December cotton was 120 points higher today, 78.68. On your livestock, December fat cattle futures opened near session lows and rallied to trade sharply higher at mid-morning before setting back to a low-range close. December live cattle futures were 92 and one-half cents higher, 175.85. February futures gained a buck sixty-two and a half to one seventy-six eighty-seven and one half. In January feeder futures up seventy cents to two twenty-nine on the snout. And lean hog futures posted an inside trading day with the high range open and a low range close. December hogs a buck five lower seventy-two thirty. The February contract a buck ten lower seventy-five ninety-two and a half chip. All right, thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Matt Bennett, AgMarket.net. How you doing, Matt? I'm, I'm doing good. How are you good. doing, bud? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, corn, hey, just Chip, slightly uh, higher how today. Come Davis always. Uh... Oh, go ahead. Huh? No, no. Now no, we're, I want to hear We're that. in it no. now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm wondering why Davis always introduces himself as handsome, but he don't say jack squat about any of the rest of us. Well, it's because if, if you're going to carry that moniker, you had better be able to back it up, and I'm not too sure that you can, and I know I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can. The bar's I high, boys. Can't. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. I didn't ask uh, for these powers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay, so that penny, penny and a half gain 
that in the corn yeah. market today, yeah. it really felt pretty good. It did. It did. It felt great. I mean, the overnight market looked like, hey, we're going to scale back a little bit. Obviously, big gains yesterday. I mean, yesterday, the corn market wasn't doing much, and beans pulled a higher, and all of a sudden, you go double digits. I mean, uh, what a week. I mean, this bean market continues to inject enthusiasm. Obviously, bean meal today had a huge uh, range, uh, turned itself around as well. So, you know, some uh, some good stuff going on here, but I'm with you. I think we're building a little bit of momentum here. You know, and if bean oil all of a sudden engages with this thing, Matt, it, it it beans can add on in a hurry if oil engages. There's no question. You know, I mean, bean oil is really taking it on the chin since the summer, really. I mean, overall, bean uh, meal, you know, has been the one that's taken off and led the way higher. You get bean oil going as well, and I think that uh, especially given what you see as far as weather concerned, it could get pretty exciting. Absolutely. That right there is the very smart and debonair Matt Bennett for magmarket.net. Yeah, Matt, I don't need thanks, to be buddy. handsome, so thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Later, buddy. All right. That's Matt Bennett, agmarket.net. Coming up next, conversation with Phil Conrad, Tradus LLC, right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? Oh, this is awesome. I want our listeners to do this. Welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. I just got distracted for a second. I saw something shiny on Facebook. So they're redoing the floor in the living room in this house. And they got it stripped down to the subfloor. And they put like a crime scene chalk around the husband and then tiled over it. I would love it if our listeners would do that kind of stuff. Somebody's got to come in about 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You will believe this. Do you know why we got this house so cheap? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. Yeah, man. Uh, CSI Davis. That's uh, right. right That's right. Yeah. Crime scene. Exactly. Exactly. Let's get Phil Conrad in here from Tradus LLC. Phil. Welcome back, buddy. It's good to talk with you. It's been a long time. Chip, it's been too long. You've been uh, you've been dodging me. I think the last two or three times you've had me on. So I was, I was yeah. starting to wonder if you even liked me anymore. Well, <laughs> you, you know, you had to prove yourself again to me, Phil. And, and, you know, I was checking out some of the comments, and it all looks good to me. So here we go again. No, you know that's not true. Well, let's you know true. let's get the people going today, Chip. You bet. You bet. 
Uh, okay. My plan, I, you know what? I'm going to stick to my plan. I'm going to stick to my plan here. Take me back to the November 9th crop production, WASDE reports. Did, to, did yesterday and today's combination of trade, corn, soybeans, and wheat, did it basically bring an end to an influence of those numbers over the market's on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, you look, I guess, yeah, go back to November 9th, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we get those numbers bigger, uh, smaller, you know, they increased demand, kind of washed everything through. I mean, I don't know how much of last week, yes, that report mattered, but look at all the cattle got hammered last week. Crude oil got hammered last week. Yeah. Was it so much of that was another reason to puke onto the other commodity markets at that point too? I mean, I think so. And you just look, I don't know how we overcome 2 billion bushels. I don't care. You know, you believe it or not, that's where we're going to be at. Uh, and maybe we trace a little bit lower, but to say we're going to have massive reductions at carry out off that on the corn side of things would seem to be not unrealistic or optimistic in today's environment. Now everything yeah. can change, but it feels like the worms turned, right? You get a big update yesterday, up 10. Today, finish up another penny or so. Now the next step is can we close above, say, the 50-day moving average? Can we get some weekly closes above, say, 483, 484 in that level and make a run back at 495? Are we finally building that base to do something productive going into contract expiration and then work our way into the March contract and see where these chips start actually falling here? Okay. That move above 483, up to 495, and I'll throw five dollars in the mix on this as well. Uh, the conditions in in central Brazil, the northern production areas, really dry. It seems like m- most crop watchers down there are planning on one of two things, and I'm going to take this basically straight from pro farmer crop consultant dr michael cordonier soybean and corn advisor he said it's it's generally thought that producers there are either going to plant fewer safrina corn acres or they're going to put minimal inputs into it because of the delay that they are going to experience in planting can it has the safrina corn crop become so important that it could get us that 83 95 maybe even 5 bucks in US corn. I think for sure. I mean, you look at all the market watchers, we're all paying attention to Brazilian weather and it's definitely become important enough to the tune of exports to say can that be the catalyst that shoots us higher? Now the thing becomes is how high can we go off that news and what kind of export demand gets formulated from that? I think you just need funds maybe to turn some of their position when they're the shortest they've been since, what, 2017 on the corn side of things? Yeah. And really, then you go back to 2013. What sparks them to be buyers? Is it the Safrina crop along with some technical wanting to move to strength? Is that enough to push the push the market high enough to go? I mean, it's, a, it's all conjoined together. But I do think you see Mexico buying more now. And, you know, how long is it until China steps in yet? Uh, Biden and, and G meeting here, what, today, tomorrow, yeah, maybe? tomorrow. 
is there going to be something productive that comes out of that? Uh, who knows? But the bigger thing is more the perception of it. So if you come out of it and people think, oh, well, that meeting went really well, and maybe they say something about corn exports, whether it happens or not, we just need the perception of the safrina crop to be bad and being good our exports and see some news there to push it higher and maybe good, better China relations and that perception to move it higher. And then we'll figure out the rest of whatever actually comes true in the next three to four months. But right now, it's it's about like our crop, right, Chip? I mean, we get in late May, mid-June. We're so hyper-focused and worried about not having it. Whether we have it or not is irrelevant in the moment. And that's what I think we're seeing right now as we try to build this back. And it's been, you know, three and a half months of some uh, pain and yeah. suffering, really. Yeah. And so we're due for some good news. The, the key is how sustained can we have it? And can it really last into 2024? Where then you could start pushing your targets higher, but, you know, define higher and what your greed, I won't say greed level, what your level is of, of contentment towards pricing corn or soybeans for that matter. Okay. Um, let's back up a little bit to something that you said, you know, with China, could they show up as, as a buyer of corn? You know, I don't know if I need China to show up, but I sure want Japan. I sure want South Korea. I sure want Indonesia, uh, Colombia, the traditional buyers of corn to show up. And when it's Mexico pulling the, the, the plow all by itself in here right now, Phil, it, it's it's frustrating for those that want to be optimistic about corn demand. Well, yeah, it's tough sledding. I think, you know, we have a big export number we need to hit. So you need every player that want, or usually buys U.S. corn to come in and buy yeah. U.S. corn, right? I think there is some of the thought process that if you're a buyer of anything and you look and you say this person has a large supply, are you not going to wait for that price to drop to be a buyer? And so if you reverse these people back four months and the USDA is saying, well, they're going to have 2 billion bushels, that would lead you to believe as a buyer, there's going to be lower prices or better buying opportunities. So maybe this is the time where they say, okay, we've you know been 460. Now we're back at 478. Now we should be buyers because the, the supply has taken into effect and lowered the price enough that we want to be, buyers of this commodity right and so much much of that also comes down to the dollar which working its way way lower again today yeah so it's a big you know moving piece big moving component of all of it i thought your comment of the ukrainian situation of maybe their egg export going well but significantly less than last year so that just takes time to work through on the world stage to see actually what vessels landing where and how are we going to backfill that demand Yep. Yep. Uh, all of this is making me question why USDA put fifty million on the corn export estimate in the last WASD. Well, yeah, and and how do you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would agree. I don't know how you add to it, but at the same time, it just really feels like a balloon and a cake pan situation with them. They just roll numbers around and say, "Well, we're going to you know, raise yield, but uh, add exports and keep everything's moderately the same." I mean, you can make an argument all day long about yield and demand, but how much of that just gets told in the quarterly stocks reports anyways? I mean, they have a whole nother, what, 10 months to, uh, yep. I guess, nine months to really define what they're going to do with it and get the yep. actual numbers out. 
I mean, those reports are frustrating because really the we're going to trade it and we're going to look at it and say, this is what the number is. And basis is maybe telling you, which is a whole nother story that, Hey, here, at least in the Western corn belt, we're at extremely high basis levels, especially on corn for this time of year. So do we have maybe a shorter supply in the state of Nebraska? Sure. But it would tell us Iowa has a better crop from what the USDA is saying. How does that make its way West? And how much of that is just a factor of the farmer being, you know, flush financially for the most part and sitting here today saying, I'm not selling 475 corn, even if it is a $5 cash type value. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing some stubbornness maybe from the American farmer to sell. And rail hasn't been, you need exports. I don't care where they're going. You need them to pick up just for the rail market to compete consistently with the ethanol market. But at the same time, there's good demand. I mean, ethanol probably has the opportunity to do better than what the USDA report was saying anyways, which I'm not big on dissecting those numbers, but it would seem when you have those type of margins, you're really going to dive in and try to make as much as you can, crush as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff, Phil. Um, You know, when we come back, I want to ask you a question about the funds and managed money. And that is how did they get so comfortable being short corn. I want to talk about that and then we'll get over to soybeans. We got Phil Conrad, Traders LLC, right here on Agritalk. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. Where December hard red winter wheat futures were one and three quarter cents lower, six thirty-nine and three quarters. December SRW wheat off seven cents, five seventy-two. December corn futures were a penny higher, 478 and one quarter. March corn up one and one half cents to 494 and a quarter. January soybean futures were seven and one quarter cents higher, 1389 and three quarters. March beans up seven and one half cents to 1402 and a half. December cotton, 120 points higher, 7868. On your livestocks, December fat cattle futures were 92 and one half cents higher at 175.85. January feeder futures up 70 cents to 229 even. And December lean hog futures a buck five lower, 72.30. Get more market news every market day. Try profarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. She complicated, left me 
Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory, your host. Handsome newsman, Davis Michelson, standing by. Hello. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. We are in the middle of a conversation with Phil Conrad from Tradus LLC. Phil, uh, the question that I had for you at the end of the last segment, I want to get to that right away. The professional trading funds, managed <laughs> money in the markets, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we had to figure out exactly what these index funds were that were long only, long only funds. People need to understand that these funds trade both, the managed money trades both sides of the markets. But I don't know if I've seen a time when the funds have become so comfortable on the short side of the corn market, Phil. it How did it happen? I mean, it took time, right? But I think it's that's a tough question. But you got to look back and say they've been long for three years, right? Mm-hmm. And so naturally, your progression. I think you got to look back and just say, look at paper. I go back to look and say, okay, look at what the USDA is telling us we have for a crop, and look at what they're saying South America is going to have for a crop. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is that not enough to make them content? And say, we're going to step back and wash our hands of it. Now, washing your hands of it versus flipping as short as they have is a whole different question, right? Mm -hmm. And what pushed them into being so comfortable being as short as they've been since early November of 2017 when we were in a, I would say, completely different environment than where we're at today is a question I don't know if I can answer. But there is a lot of, I'd say, a lot more interesting things happening worldwide that I wonder if didn't lead to some of that, which you would think they would flow more into commodities and unrest, but how much of it is, you know, I don't, that's yeah. you got higher interest rates. And I know some of that's changing, yep. but you have the whole yep. farm economy is kind of changing, you know, really we're at the cusp of assuming prices, even if they go higher this year, we're going to plant more corn again. Eventually our supplies are going to be robust enough that there wouldn't be a, a real reason to have, we have, you know, quote unquote, too much grain on hand. Yeah, that's just the typical progression of things. And so how much of that's them just precursoring that? I mean, what egg loans are some of the lowest they've been since you go back to like 13, 14 time frame you have. But you're starting to see a slowdown in, say, tractor sales and you're seeing a slowdown in, say, farmland increases. And so I don't know how they view all of that in a macro picture in that vacuum. But I guess they have something telling them whether it be a computer program or whatever that's leading them to believe yeah we're better off being short this than not yep yep gotcha yeah interesting interesting okay uh again let, let's go to november 9th crop production report what do you make of the 174.9 and the 49.9 do you like those numbers i i know that that's what we've got to work with between <laughs> now and january but do you like those numbers well, I have a hard time believing it. I mean, you can definitely, they decreased Nebraska. Okay. I, I get that. I think that's, you know, spot on to what degree that's a hard thing to answer. It would just seem we're very variable in, in large producing areas. And a lot of people using the term, well, it was good for what I thought the year was going to be. Yeah. And whether that's landing at APH or below APH, you don't run into a ton of people in my world, at least that are saying I had a record crop. Right. You know, maybe you can make the argument in South Dakota, they had a great crop. They increased yield there. 
170 was 174.9. That seems like a very high number for the, what the drought maps were showing us all year. Mm-hmm. So either that tells us our, our varieties are outstanding and we're never going to see a, essentially a short crop again, mm-hmm. or something's amiss and they're having a hard time tracking it, which in this day and age, I still don't fully understand how you can't get that number more dialed in, you know, by now. Uh, just with all the technology we have. And so maybe it is correct, but I, uh, I don't know, just being in it every day, I have a very hard time believing that to be a true number. And maybe it's just in the echo chamber of Nebraska and Western Iowa, but beans being 49.9 seems darn high as well. Again, maybe I'm just in the echo chamber and vacuum here in the Western Corn Belt. That's what it is. And things were a lot better back East, but well, you just don't hear a lot of people being overly excited. Well, what we've got to do going forward now is watch, and you already talked about this, Phil, a little bit. Uh, We just need to watch the basis trade going forward. That's going to tell us just how accurate the crop estimates are that we've got built into the market right now. Most definitely. And I think my general opinion in working with guys has been, let's get as much December delivery basis set as we can. And that's a lot of that due on the back that people are going to move Jan, Feb, March corn. So it might feel like we have a glut of corn then just because everybody moves their corn then to a certain degree, get the bins cord, okay. et cetera. I think you're seeing a big premium here for December delivery, really because you got a lot of, you know, a handful of guys don't need cash, right? They're not wanting mm-hmm. to take anymore and they don't want to mess with it real mm-hmm. either. And so you're going to get that basis pump up and then also, Futures are at 480. And when you've had opportunities to sell $6 corn, you're not selling 480 corn. This is not going to happen right now. They'll puke it out later when they have to, if that so be it is the price. Right. But my recommendation has been let's go out and push as much as we can on the front end of this marketing year. Because if nothing else, we can price it after the first of the year, get your operating note paid down if that's what you got. If not, just get the cash back in hand. And we can always own the board and manage that with more success than trying to mix and match a basis and cash level post first of the year. Yep. Yep. I like that. I like that thought a lot. Yep. That's, Um, I mean, I think the backbone of what you're doing in 2023 going into 2024, your decision-making has to be based probably a lot around your cash flow, your cash borrowing extent just due to interest rates. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a variable that, not only has to impact your decisions on old crop for the first time in a long time, but it's also making its way into your planning for the new crop marketing year. So when, when you, you flip over to the 24 crop corn and soybeans, do you see some opportunities that should be captured right now in those new, new, new crop markets? You know, I, I'd still like sell. I, I'm a seller of corn. I'm probably more of a holder on beans, really. Let this bean thing play out with Brazil. Let that run up. Corn's going to move to a certain extent with it. But my opinion's been if, you know, 520, say we're at 519 today on Dece 24. Yeah. Be as aggressive as you feel like you want to be pre harvest or pre first of the year, excuse me. And again, we can manage a lot of that in the back end if you want to lighten the load from a percent sold standpoint or provide yourself with upside. But sitting here today, if we can say 520 is our futures number, that's going to be $5 cash in some world, potentially better. 
but let's take the bird in hand because my fear and I think it, it should be everyone's fear is at some point prices will roll back over. Even if we're shorter cropped, is the USDA going to miss it by 15%, 10%? I don't know, but it's still going to be a decent sized crop and you're going to plant another one that's probably going to be a decent sized crop as well. And so barring a complete drought, which this last year was, and we still apparently have a big crop. So I guess what I'm getting at is eventually prices will go back lower and they're going to go lower below the cost of production because that's what history would tell us is going to happen. And so to put yourself in position to not take that beating on the back end come 20, come next year at this time, I would rather be more aggressive forward looking at it and say, okay, maybe if we miss it this time, we just got to stay aggressive moving forward, but define missing it and see what your goals are. Cause there's a lot of seasonality to tell you to be a, a forward seller. Right. Yep. And so I like, I mean, to be honest, 30%, 25 to 30% of new crops sold going on the first of the year, I think it's a good position to be in. Okay. It's wrapping your head. If you've never done that or you have, you know, drought concerns is wrapping your head around that, but staying flexible and not being uh, definely sold is the key to that as well. Now on corn, you probably correct me if, if, if you say so, if you disagree on this, if, Phil, please, but do you yeah. want to just lock price and leave basis open on that? So, you know, a hedge to arrive or something like that on that 24. I get, yeah, I do. Now that's not to say I won't want to lock that in come May or June yep. next year. Yep. And usually that usually I'd wait more to August, but I think in the environment we'll be walking into assuming you got to assume things to be normal. And so we're going to have a normal crop next year. We're going to go back to more historical pre 21 type harvest values, which is going to be a shock to the system of where we were at this year. And so for a reference point, say we were 10 under in the Western Corn Belt for harvest this year. Last year, that was probably a 5 to 10 over. So you're starting to see that slip back to more normal values. So next year, you could be at 30 under, which would be a typical type value, right? So if you see the opportunity to go sell a 15 or 20, you're going to want to jump on it. And again, say, is this bird in the hand better than what I could see down the road? And does this make sense to me financially? And ifs and buts are candy and nuts, right? So let's just take care of what we can and be forward marketers. Because at the end of the day, I, my always fear is always us going back to 450 and we're staring at each other. What do you do? I can, as long as you always have another card to play and stay independent to where you're, what you're doing, yeah. we can manage the higher prices, but you can't make up a, a 520 sale in a 450 market. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense, man. And it, it makes a lot of sense to go ahead and, and think more aggressively about it. Like you said, a 25-30% with the interest, uh, the input costs coming down like they have. Now, there's there's some stabilization in some areas where that isn't happening as much anymore. But still, uh, uh, some opportunities out there. Phil, great conversation, man. Thank you. Hey, great talking to you, Chip. And uh, hopefully this corn market keeps going higher and Nebraska can find an offense. <laughs> maybe we'll see you in a bowl game phil ought to be fun <laughs> yeah buddy. from powering irrigation engines to warming buildings propane has always been a part of american farm life now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. And welcome back to Agritalk, everyone. So glad you've decided to spend some time with us today. Your pal, Davis Michelson here with you. Chip Flory looks on thoughtfully. What is happening? Huh? Are you all what right? What is happening? What is happening? What's wrong? Evidently, we've got representatives throwing elbows now. Oh, we've got a near, yeah. we've got a face off in a Senate mm-hmm. chamber in the Senate chamber. Yeah. Almost came to blows. What in the world? Mm. Where are the adults? I thought that yeah. what? Well, I thought the adults won the last election. Wasn't that the whole thing? <laughs> They're going to bring the adults back into the room. Is that it? I mean, okay. Uh, uh, where are they? Fail. fail ultimate fail unbelievable wow well and when okay. when just straight up decorum breaks down in the halls of government it's just not a good sign no it's not a good look not the omen you're looking for no especially when we've got the president out on the west coast in san francisco a very clean and shiny san francisco dare i say a handsome city Mmm. See, handsome sticks. Handsome is yeah. timeless. Okay. I don't know what they did with these homeless people, but pretty soon they're going to start escaping, and they will be back to <laughs> to resoil the streets. I guarantee it. Yeah, you're right. You you're can't. right. How do how is it that we can clean the clean the city up for G, but we can't for the taxpayers? Well, yeah. Let's let's make sure that uh, that you know the the communist leader is safe in yeah. our fair city. Um, right. Never mind the people the trying to crew, slip back new- and forth to work. Yeah. yeah, the news crew that's going down to Fisherman's Wharf has to worry about their car being stolen mm-hmm. for the 17th time in 2023. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. once once a homeless person moves into your car, because of the nature of squatters' rights, it, it could take you up to a year to get them evicted. <laughs> that's right. I mean, you're hitchhiking for a year. Think about it. Think oh, it through. goodness. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Crazy stuff happening. It sure is. A good talk with Phil Conrad. Oh, fantastic. Um, you know, I liked a whole bunch of the stuff that he said. Um, you know, always have another card to play. Mm-hmm. And he kept coming back um, kind of to this this visual, take the bird in the hand rather than waiting for the one in the bush to flesh out. And the way that he kind of talked about snapbots working out in his markets here, he wants to get aggressive on the front end and hopefully have something to combat losses 
on the back end right. so that we're already set up uh, if, I'm not going to say when, we're already set up in the event hard times come, prices continue lower, profitability yeah. shrinks. Okay, yeah, profitability shrinks. Perfect. Margins tighten. Yes. Maybe even go negative. Um, the, uh, the I, I think there's a growing realization that that is the scenario that row crop producers are looking at for the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, there are some things that can change that idea. We talked about it at the start of the conversation with Phil. If, if that, the Safrina corn crop in Brazil has become so important to the global supply of corn that if they see a 15, 20% cut, it matters. We cannot forget that. Okay. It matters. Uh, Mexico is probably looking at what's going on down there and saying, you know what? We've seen this rodeo before and we're not going to ride. Let's go ahead and get our book in place. Mm -hmm. Whereas Asian customers are saying, we had such a great supply coming out of Brazil this last year and it was so much cheaper. Let's just stick with that and see what we get for the, for the, 23-24 marketing mm-hmm. year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, th- if, if that plan is threatened, I got to believe that that list of countries that I list off every time we see Mexico yeah. in buying, but not the other traditional buyers. Right. Uh, that list of countries is going to start to buy some U.S. corn. I, I think I think that's why USDA upped that export estimate 50 million bushels. Now, the other reason is is because there was more supply. Phil was exactly right on that. You dump more corn in on the top side, you're going to take some more corn out on the bottom of that, balan- uh, of that balance sheet. That's just the way that the thing operates. Mm-hmm. Sure. But they, they could have taken it all out of feed and reserve. They could have added the demand almost exclusively to feed and residual because of the residual component in that category. They could have just dumped it all into residual and people would have said, yeah, okay, more in, you're going to use some more, Mm -hmm. but uh, to put it specifically into exports makes me wonder exactly what the expectations are going forward. Uh, other than other than a recovery in some export demand for U.S. corn, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, uh, no, we don't oh, have time to. We don't have we time are. for anymore. That's that's the end of that. Uh, it it does look like they took some of the rain out in Alaska. Yeah, below normal precip in the six to ten day in Alaska. Yeah, I see that. I see yeah. that. Okay, uh, nice. this is for November twentieth through the twenty fourth. Near normal temperatures expected. Here comes the flip-flop. Near mm-hmm. normal temperatures expected in the upper Midwest, below normal in the lower Midwest. That's the eastern half of Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, most of Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. Uh, points north of that line, we're looking at near normal. On the precip side, November 20 to 24, 
mostly above normal precipitation expected in the Corn Belt. Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota are looking at near normal in that extended outlook. Uh, 8 to 14 day for November 22nd through the 28th. Below normal temperatures expected over the entire Corn Belt. Below normal precipitation expected over most of the Corn Belt. Near normal to above normal in the far western reaches of the Midwest and Central Plains. Thanks for listening today. Tomorrow afternoon, we've got Brian Hoops. Tomorrow morning, it's a Farmer Forum.